Welcome to the Ask Your Pastor podcast, where we explore biblical answers for today's congregation. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we have here Matt Cannon and Pastor Shane Smith. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Yo, doing great. Doing great. What was that all about? Yo. We're wait- I was waiting to see if Shane would talk okay. first. <laughs> the interesting aspects of conferencing. <laughs> it's kind of like you can't see nobody, have no idea what they're about to say. It's like yeah, a random. We're in the South, and so we're trying to be polite and all that stuff. That's not yeah. possible. We might as well no. just drop the act. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how we are when we're together in real life. So <laughs> this is supposed to be real. We gotta have a podcast <laughs> people can relate to, so it makes sense. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, um everybody had a good week so far? I guess everything's working all right. Good week. Yeah, so far, so far. I'm uh I'm I'm doing good. And if Pastor I can Shane, get into my new house, I will be much better. I was gonna say, Pastor Shane, you are actually building a tiny house. How's that going? It's going well. It's going well. We had a couple little hitches, but I think we're going to be done. We uh, we're looking at two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And so you're going to be moving into how many square feet? Uh, it's 600 square feet total, but that includes the porches. And so we're looking at around 448 square feet of living space. Man, that is awesome. So, like, if you want to learn more about Pastor Shane's tiny house, subscribe to his podcast, Tiny, tiny Houses by Shane. Yeah, once this is over, I don't want ever want to talk about it again. I've, I've, I've given away everything I own, and so we're just down to the basics. It's good. It's good. Well, cool. Well, I think, uh, Matt, you have a question for us tonight for today's podcast, and I will give it to you. What is today's question? All right, so today's question, um, it's a very practical question, um, and actually it's, a, it's got different parts to it, so I'm going to just ask it, and then Pastor Shane is going to take it over, okay? Mm-hmm. So here we go. The question is from an uh, anonymous listener, um, is it wrong to live together before marriage? If so, why? What if you're not having premarital sex? If not engaged in sex... What's different about living together versus having a roommate? Mm. <clears throat> okay. We got a three or four parter here. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. He's, che- he's cheating the system and asking multiple questions at one time. <laughs> he got all of them in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. He did. He got all or of them. She. Got it could all be or she. she. Right? No, it, was, it was anonymous, you said? Okay. Yes. An anonymous listener. All right. That's... uh. That's interesting. Um, I guess it, that would be uh, the way this question was asked. That's okay. All right. Well, let's see if we can get into this and um, shed some light on it from the scriptures because nobody wants to hear my opinion um, because that would be exactly um, yes, mainly objective. We want sub- we want a meant subjective. Actually, we want we want objective truth, not subjective truth. Right. Correct. Okay. Almost got those. I almost got those backwards. That'll get you in trouble. All right. So um, let me go back through here and make sure I've got these down correctly. So is it wrong to live together before marriage? If so, why? Uh, what if you're not having premarital sex? If not engaged in sex, what's different about living together 
versus having a roommate. All right. Did I, is that it? Okay. That's it. Correct. That's All right. Yep. All right. So I think one of the problems, I think one of the problems that we suffer from uh, as Christians in, in this era, in this era that we live is, is losing sight of biblical boundaries and godly wisdom. And this typically happens by neglecting the word of God in our life and not spending enough time uh, in it. And we tend to use our culture instead to set boundaries for us, you know, instead of using the word of God. And so we, we tend to forget that we as Christians are called to be ambassadors of the kingdom and our conduct is supposed to be exemplary. And I know that's, um, I know that's not popular. Uh, we want to be, quote, relevant and all that kind of stuff. We want to be able to relate to everybody. And but, but the scriptures call us to exemplary conduct, whether, uh, whether we recognize that or not. But the, the, culture, the culture sets standards that are common to man. That's what our culture does. They set standards that are common to man. They set standards that, that appeal to man and man's sinful nature. And those things bring no glory to God. But but God's people are supposed to live in a way that is uncommon. And this is this is where things get interesting. You know, we're we're supposed to live in a way that is uncommon. We're supposed to live in a way that's peculiar to the world. As a matter of fact, that word's used in the in the scriptures. We're supposed to, you know, we're a peculiar people, and we're supposed to live in a way that's extraordinary um, in all aspects of our lives. So instead of self-justification in, in areas of blatant sin and even areas where there's merely an appearance of sin, um, we as God's people are, are to default to the scriptures. Um, you know, we're to defer to caution and exercise wisdom in all these situations. I hear sometimes that we are, um, we live in the world, but we should not live, um, be of the world. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of a hard thing for Christians to, you, like you said, you want to be relevant, but, you know, um, you have to set yourself apart and be an example. That's exactly right. I mean, you, 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 uh, you don't really draw a lot of attention. You don't really, um, you're not really shining the light of Christ when you're acting like the world. We're called to be light. We're called to be salt. And, and I always think about those things that Jesus said, you know, when you're light, just think about, Think about a time when, you know, maybe in the middle of the night when you wake up and you have to go through the house and you have to flip a light on. What does it do to your eyes? Hurts your eyes. Yeah, yeah. So it, it does. It hurts your eyes. And then when you pour salt in a wound, it stings, right? And, and so, right. you know, we're called to be salt and light uh, in, a dark and, in a dark and corrupt world. And, and when we do that, um, sometimes we cause problems. But that's how we show who Christ is and the way that we live and the way that we talk on the things that we say, the things that we do. So um, one of the first things that I wanted to bring out was, is King David. <clears throat> and I know that's kind of an odd uh, person to bring out in, in a, um, in, in questions like this, but uh, King David was very familiar with sexual sin as most of us are. And King David said this in Psalm chapter 119, Verses 9 through 11, I've spent a lot of time teaching these verses to young people over the past six and a half years. He said this, he said, how can a young man keep his way pure? And you can, you can use uh, a young woman. How, how could a young man or a young woman 
keep his or her way pure by keeping it according to your word. He says, with all my heart, I've sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I've treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so one of the things that we can notice there is what he didn't ask. He didn't say, he didn't ask, you know, how can a young man keep his way pure and then answer by saying, saying by, uh, by keeping it in line with cultural norms and accepted social behavior. That's not what he said, right? right. <laughs> no, he yeah. said, he said, how, how did he say, uh, how did he say a young man could keep his way pure at the second part of verse nine? By guarding it according to, yeah, by guarding or keeping it according to your word. So if we want to please God and bring in glory by the way we live uh, and keep our way pure, then we have to keep it according to his word. And so what I'm going to do here, I want to deal with the first two questions together. Um, is it wrong to live together before marriage? If so, why? What if you're not having premarital sex? Now, as pastors, we hear all kind of reasons why couples are living together before marriage all kind of excuses, all kind of reasons. And, and, you know, some of them, I'll give you some examples. Well, we, we needed to get together uh, due to financial reasons. And so we went ahead and bought a house together, or we went ahead and rented a house together. And then a lot of times they'll go further and they'll say, you know, I mean, we are engaged and we're going to be married anyway. So what's the big deal? And you know, they'll say, well, we just don't see anything wrong with this. It's, it's a different time. It's not biblical times anymore. It's a different time, which there's the issue with that. Um, <clears throat> uh, the Bible is relevant to all generations, but, you know, it, or they may say, well, you know, we have two separate bedrooms. I've heard this before. You know, we have two separate bedrooms. We aren't sleeping together. So what's the big deal? And so you can use a little bit of wisdom. You know, you use a little bit of wisdom in this from a logical standpoint, um, Think about this. If two people are in a relationship, whether whether they're boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever they call it these days, let me ask you guys this. You guys are a lot younger than I am. What are they calling the boyfriend-girlfriend <laughs> relationship these days? Is it still called that or what? I mean, like a couple? Like tw- a- yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm 20... 20- I'm married. I'm 28 years old. I'm not young. <laughs> you are to me. You're almost 20 years younger than I am. <laughs> he pays bills and pays taxes. He's not young. I, I'm a man. He's a man. He's a grown man. <laughs> I don't know, girlfriend. Okay, so man. we're still all right. Well, I'm trying to be quote relevant. So <laughs> now, don't be calling him booze, you know, because like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> okay, there you go. I knew I knew one of you guys was going to come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So, if if they're boyfriend girlfriend or if they're booze or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> that sounds so stupid coming out of my yeah, mouth. Exactly. That is so ridiculous. Oh, so, or or even if they're engaged. All right. So the they're obviously attracted to one another. Correct. Okay. Yeah. If they're in a relationship, yeah. they're obviously attracted to one another, and and so, so there's an emotional attraction there. There's a physical attraction there, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, God designed us uh, to be attracted to one another. I've, I've been married to my wife, um, Yvonne, this August will be 25 years, a quarter of a century. And I'm, yeah, yeah, 25 years, and I'm very attracted to her. I'm still very attracted to my wife. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. God, that, that attraction blesses us both. You know, as God gave us a mutual attraction for one another, it's a gift of 
enjoyment. And it's also just to be frank, it's also the result. Uh, the result of that attraction is a beautiful daughter that we have. But in the life of a Christian couple that isn't married, uh, that may be boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, that attraction has to be guarded um, with clear and stable boundaries because there is an attraction there. Um, some more scripture that, that came to mind uh, was 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. And that scripture starts out with this. It says, flee immorality. Flee immorality. It says, every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, let me stop right there for just a second. Now that should give a Christian man or a Christian woman pause. When I that passage that says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, doesn't that give you pause? I mean, doesn't that just kind of right. stop you in your tracks? You say, okay, what I'm subjecting myself to, I have the Spirit of God living in me. And so it says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. So he goes on to tell us he lives within you whom you have from God. So it goes on to tell us that it's a, that, that he, not it, he, the Holy Spirit is a gift from God and that you are not your own for you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify your God, glorify God in your body. So we've been, we, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and we are not our own. We have been bought with a price and there, and we're supposed to glorify God in our bodies. And so let me go back to the beginning, to the first two words, flee immorality, flee immorality. Does that make you, I don't want to put you guys on the spot. I, I, I tend to not be able to think uh, quick on my feet, but I want to put y'all to the test. Does that make you think of anybody in the scriptures, particularly in the Old Testament? Somebody that, that uh -huh. fled immortality, fled, I'm sorry, fled immor jo immorality? Joseph. Joseph, yeah. And forgive me, Brandon, you may have to fix this. I, I may have said immortality a couple of times, and it's immorality. I think it adds to the, to the colorfulness of the podcast. It's all good. <laughs> if I did, I'm, I'm sorry. I got to get my glasses changed. But yeah, flee immorality, and it makes you think of Joseph. You know, and it, keep away. In other words, keep away from the possibilities. So I heard somebody just recently and it may have been one of you guys, I don't remember, but I heard somebody recently say, you know, we're not supposed to, to see how close we can get to sin. You know, our desire, our heart's desire as God's people should be to get as far away from it as possible. And I think it was Shane Wiley. I think it was a brother um, that goes to our church named Shane Wiley. I believe he made that statement in a Sunday school class. But that, that a good contrast in the scriptures is David and Joseph. So David one of his issues is he stayed home while he was supposed to be at work and his eyes fell on his neighbor's wife, Bathsheba. And he didn't flee the roof. He didn't flee immorality. And he ended up giving into a sinful relationship that had tragedies involved and two deaths in particular and her husband, Uriah, and then their, their child. Um, and then Joseph, on the other hand, was approached. If you remember by Paul, and instead of hanging around and testing his resolve, fled immorality did he not yeah yeah he hit the road so we're supposed to see you know we, we, we should want to see how far away from we how far away from sin we could get not how close and being under the same roof 
in essence, is putting ourselves in a compromising situation. You guys got any thoughts so far? I don't want to dominate this thing. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's no, it's good. perfect. <laughs> like you're saying is you want to um, not see how close you can get to sin because uh, if we're a, a temple and of the Holy Spirit, and we're set apart to be an example to other people. If we're just, in other words, just settling for something that may not be sinful, but it's close to it, then if mm-hmm. you're just settling, then you're settling for something that is far beyond, you know, what God has, you know, wants us to do uh, with our lives. He wants us to be able to say, you know, they, they made every effort to avoid um, sinful confrontations and, uh, and so that's kind of like, it's almost like, like I said, you're settling for something uh, where, whereas you could make a lot more effort uh, to keep yourself pure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned there that we had been bought, you know, that we are not our own. We've been bought with a price. And so <clears throat> there should be, Jesus has called us to deny ourselves. You know, we're supposed to deny ourselves. So you say, well, you know, I really would like to live with this, but I would really would like, you know, we're not going to do anything wrong, but I would like to live with this person. But you know that there's a possibility there. And, and, and most born again Christians, I would hope being indwelt by the Holy spirit, the one that guides us in all truth would recognize that there is a possibility for compromise there. And they would say, you know what? I would rather just deny myself in this and not put myself in this situation because I don't want to bring reproach on the name of Christ. Um, but I, there's a, there's another passage of scripture, first Corinthians chapter seven, verse two, it says now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife and each woman is to have her own husband. So the Bible is really clear right there. If she's not your wife, keep your hands off of her um, to keep you both from immorality. That, that, uh, that's pretty clear. That's pretty clear. And being under the same roof is putting you in a situation where you are not going to be able to keep your hands off of her because there is a mutual attraction there, obviously. Uh, and I know there are extenuating circumstances when it comes to roommates. That's actually, I think, the fourth part of the question. I'm going to address that before we close in just a second. But <clears throat> I want to share uh, the importance of not living together from two perspectives. One is a personal and, and then the second uh, personal in the person's life. And the second is as a witness for Christ. So from a personal standpoint, um, the first thing we should do is consider our weaknesses. When we're thinking about moving in with someone, living with someone that we're not married to, um, and we're actually a couple. So believing that we can live under the same roof with someone that we already have mutual emotional and physical attraction to without the relationship turning physical is actually uh, ignorance. It's, It's not understanding or it's ignoring our own weaknesses, and it's simply being unwise. The scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 12, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. So if you think you stand, if you think you're above this, take heed that you do not fall. So thinking that that, that you and your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and, and I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about male-female relationships, okay, because I teach and preach the scriptures 
And the scriptures are uh, uh, clearly, clearly tell us that homosexuality is a sin. And so when I'm talking about these relationships, I'm talking about um, um, uh, heterosexual relationships. Okay. So think, thinking that, that, that you and your boyfriend, girlfriend, or fiance are, are somehow different than everyone before you and that you're not going to give in, that's foolish because all sin is common to man. And, and, and you're not any different and you're not so progressive that you can somehow rise above the common desires of man uh, in, in living together. There's a strong prob- probability um, for a sinful relationship uh, physically to develop and also something else to consider is while this person is in the house with you, you know, while you're in a house with someone all times of the night, it places you in a position for new levels of sinful thoughts to develop about someone that isn't your husband or wife. Now we have to remember unmarried is unmarried, right? Engaged. Yeah. Engaged is still unmarried. So we have to we have to, to take our thoughts captive, which is very, very difficult. And being under the same roof makes that even more difficult. Anything you guys want to add here? That's good. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, okay. I don't want like I said, I don't want to dominate the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I thought about nighttime in particular. Now it's 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 a time when <laughs> Nighttime is a time when, when resolve and good judgment tends to wane. In the dark is when folks do things that they normally wouldn't. And, and accountability is low. Uh, fatigue can factor in to lowering your resolve. And not to trivialize it, but I think about it like this, and I hope somebody out there can relate to this, but how many times have you bought something or you almost bought something really stupid off of Amazon at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You're I mean, like bro, that could go that ahead. could be in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> <to me. laughs> the later I mean I mean I can remember times when the later I stayed up, something really stupid like a light up fidget spinner or something that I absolutely do not need. <laughs> Just all of a sudden looks really cool. And I'm like, man, you know, I can really use that. And it's <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. And then when you get up and, you know, in the light of day, you're like, wow, that was really stupid. But anyway, <laughs> so you just, you tend to not make good decisions at night sometimes. And this is being really, really practical. This is not, you know, really yeah. deep philosophical stuff, but we tend to make bad decisions at night. And, and so that's another issue. So overconfidence in a situation like this is mistake number one. James tells us in James chapter one, uh, verse 15, he says, then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. So living with someone or, or as I, I like to say, playing house is simply a recipe for compromise. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it stirs up thought processes. It stirs up lust. Uh, it gives you more opportunities to give in to that lust when lust is conceived and then it gives birth to sin. And so <clears throat> Romans chapter 13, verse 14 says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is important. This is, this is a key verse. It says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. That verse is pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah. What, what do you think that means? You guys, you guys chime in here. What do you think that means when it, when it says make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts? No exceptions. 
Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't provide for the flesh's lust. Don't, don't put yourself in situations that could feed that, you know, uh, don't, don't provide the flesh what it needs to feed its lust. Because when, when lust conceives, it gives birth to what? Sin. Sin. Okay. So making provision for, for the lust is doing exactly what we're talking about. This verse right here, this is probably one of the greatest verses that I could point out um, to, 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 to try to keep somebody from, to try to keep a couple from moving in together. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh in regards to its lust. Um, placing, placing ourselves in positions of, of potential compromise. You just don't do it. The, the second thing that I wanted to address, the second part of that, and maybe even the most important part, is witness. Witness is really, really important. Um, what, 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 it, what does your witness look like? And so this is, this is paramount, and this is where all of our – this is actually where all of our self-justification of doing this goes out the window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you try to self-justify this, when you get to this, it's out the window. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and address the question, what's different about living together versus having a roommate? I'm going to address that here as well um, because it, it, this is applicable in that situation. And sometimes we say things like, well, it's, it's no one's business but ours anyway. I mean, how many times have you heard that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not just in this situation, you know, a lot of different other situations and, and circumstances. And, and you hear things like, well, people shouldn't be judging me. They shouldn't be judging me and my boyfriend, me and my girlfriend, me and my fiance anyway. They shouldn't be judging. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're a professing believer in Jesus Christ, you're also an ambassador of the kingdom of God, according to Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. Um, let me go ahead and read that. As a matter of fact, it says, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of re reconciliation. Let me, let me stop right there for just a second. It says that, that we've been reconciled. Um, God has reconciled us to himself and he has given us something. What did he say? What does it say that he has given us in that verse? If you're there, I didn't make it there. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It says that he's given us a ministry of reconciliation. So if we're born again believers, if we're not, we're, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. You don't have to be a deacon. You don't have to be any of those things. But the Bible tells us right there that we, that we have been given a ministry, every single one of us. And it says, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So our ministry is to reconcile people to God, the creator. And then it says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. That's huge. By the way, that is yeah. huge. Uh, Matt, this is, isn't it, isn't it awesome? And Brandon too. I mean, isn't it awesome that, that God would make an appeal to mankind through other men and women. Isn't that awesome? It is. I mean, what a privilege. <laughs> yeah. What a privilege. And so he finishes up. He says, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. But, but basically what I wanted to bring out here is the fact that we are ambassadors for Christ. So we as believers, we fly the banner 
uh, of the kingdom of God. We, 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 we walk under the banner of the kingdom of God, and we've been given the message of the gospel. And we have a heavy responsibility to keep our integrity, you know, so as, as not to bring reproach uh, to the God that we serve, to the king that we serve, and, and, and compromise the message that we're supposed to be carrying. We have to be really careful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that is the like you said, the most important part, because if you are living together, you're not married. Essentially what you're saying, and let's say you're Christians, you know, but essentially what you're saying to the world, mm-hmm. um, whether you're having sex or not, you're saying it's okay to have sex before marriage because that's what they're going to think. And that's, you know, that's and, true. And that's so you're you're sending a message to the world, to your friends, to your unbelieving friends, that it's okay to do this. That's right. It's okay. It's okay to have sex before marriage. Right. And that, and that you know what? That's a great point, Matt. And one of the and you can and you can and you and you can say like you said. Um, people say, "Well, that's my business. That's not my problem." Well, no. Now it is a problem, and it is your problem, and. Because you're communicating that, you know, that that sex isn't, you know, for marriage. And that's what you're communicating. And so you can say, you know, get out of my business. But really, it is your problem because you're like you're saying, we're trying to be light. And that, I, I mean, it just basically communicates that. It's okay, and yeah. that's wrong, and that's wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, and, 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 and to go back even to what you mentioned a few minutes ago, you're talking about, you know, don't get in my business. People are in my business, my business, my business. If you're a born-again believer, then you better be a member of a local church, and, and if the church is not in your business, and this is not popular either, but if the church, if your local church is not in your business, then they're not doing what they're supposed to do according to what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 18. It's the church's business right. to be in your business because it's your, you know, they're, they're supposed to, they're supposed to be edifying you. They're supposed to be part of your sanctification process and making you all that you helping to make you all that you can be in Christ to bring God the most glory. And, and another thing that you mentioned that was really, uh, that was really uh, good is even if you're not, just, just say that you're not, which if, if I, think, I think Pastor Paul Washer said one time in a sermon that I heard that if you spend a certain amount of time it, it, with the opposite sex, with no accountability, you know, and all this kind of stuff, you spend enough time with them, it's something's going to happen. Like something's going to happen because it's in our nature. It's you're going to compromise, but just say you just say you haven't done anything like that. You mentioned the outside world is going to they're going to say, well, you know, basically, let me go back. Basically, what you're saying is it's okay to do this. It's okay to do this. The reason people think that it's okay to do this is because they know that that's a sin that's common to man. And so when you're living together, even the world knows that you're going to give in, right? Right. Yeah. Even the world knows that you're going to give in. So if the world knows that you're going to give in, then my goodness, us as Bible believing Christians should be at least as wise. Right. Right. Um, okay. So anything else? 
No, I mean, <laughs> and, and and not just communicating. Like, um, I, I would say to to even turn it around. Let's turn it around and say, you know, you are engaged to someone, and um, and the outside world is looking. Mm-hmm. You can you can communicate to them because we do live in a depraved world. You can communicate to the world like we're you know we're not moving in together. Or wait until we get married, and, you know. And, and in America, like, and this is from experience, like people will say, um, "Well, why not just go ahead and move in together?" Mm-hmm. But, but you can literally, as a Christian, you know, you can stand firm and hold on to that. Don't move in together. Wait till you get married, and you can send a clear message, you know, that, you know. Of, I mean, just being obedient mm-hmm. and, um, and just, you know, holding to the truth, mm-hmm. and so, so you can you can send a, a a bad message by moving in together, but you can also, you know, on the other hand, if you choose not to, mm-hmm. send such a clear message that you care, and that, and that God has changed your life, mm-hmm. and He's regenerate He's regenerated you, mm-hmm. and His glory is above all else, and so. You know, there's two sides to it. Absolutely. And, um, I'll add something yeah, to that. Absolutely. And kind of going back to what you said, Matt, and about uh, sending a message and a clear message of um, people moving in together. Uh, there's another situation, too, is that not everybody is as strong as each other. Some people are stronger than others when it comes to morality. Um, and like in Romans 14, 13, you know, where it says, uh, is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. If you're moving in together and um, say you may be strong enough, you know that maybe you're strong enough that you're not gonna you're not gonna do anything with that person, but you're sending a message to everyone else that it's okay to do it, and they may not be as strong as you if you're that strong mm-hmm. in the first place. And then mm-hmm. they fail and they fall and stumble because of what the message that you've sent. Um, and I mean, that, that really goes, I, that kind of ties into some other things that we may talk about in future podcasts when it comes to sending a clear message. Um, I have a real problem with, uh, you know, new songs, new Christian songs these days that they have to put out an entire article to justify the use of the words in their songs. Uh, you should send mm-hmm. a clear message um, of what you're trying to convey and no one should be able to dispute it. Uh, and you shouldn't have to defend what you're saying. Uh, it should be extremely evident. And that's the same thing. And when you're, um, you know, when you're deciding on whether or not if you're moving in with someone uh, and you're not married, uh, you should send a clear message that uh, no one can refute um, and that uh, everyone understands exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's a great I think- point. And I, yeah, and go just piggybacking off of that. I think what it boils down to is if you if you if you do if you do if you, if you're a Christian and and you do choose to move in together um, with someone with your fiance or girlfriend, um, at the end of the day, you're really just not <clears throat> you're not loving people. You don't. You don't love the people around you, mm-hmm. but you know that's that's basically what it says. That's right. I don't love the I don't love the people around me. I care about myself, and I'm going to do my thing. And you're not loving people. 
You know? Right. Right. And if and 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 you could also go far. You could also go even further and say that you're not loving the person that you claim to love because exactly. you, you you could very well because you don't know people's heart. You don't know you. Folks say all the time, you know, I, I just, I know their heart. I know their heart. I know their heart. They don't even know their heart. Our heart is desperately <laughs> sick. You know, it's desperately sick. And so we don't know their heart. So you could actually be putting someone in a compromising situation. Somebody that you say you love, you could be putting them in a compromising situation. And so if you truly love them, you're going to try to keep them as far away from the cliff. If When, when Yvonne and I are hiking in the mountains, you know, we were hiking chimney tops a couple of months ago, and I'm not going to walk up behind her and see how close to the edge I'm, I can push her. You know, I'm, I've got her by the back of the shirt or got her by the pack to want to make sure that she doesn't slip and fall off. So we, we need to look at situations like that. Are, do you, how much do you love the person that you say you love? Are you willing to deny yourself for them, for them, for Christ most of all, but for them? and for those around that may be watching. Um, yeah. the, the, the Bible tells us, and this goes right along with that, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, abstain from every form of evil. Some translations actually say abstain from uh, the appearance, every appearance of evil. So we are, we're, are we to be diligent, or we are supposed to be diligent, even to keep ourselves as much as possible within reason from even the perception that something sinful is taking place. That's what you guys are talking about. Abstaining from every form or abstaining from even the appearance of evil. And um, this is where I would also say, just to kind of address that last part, that last part about roommates. If you're looking for a roommate, you're just simply looking for a roommate to share expenses and whatnot. And find one of the same sex. Yeah. You know, why why even put yourself in that situation to where people could look and say and, and, and you could bring reproach on Christ? Find a roommate of the same sex, sex to keep your witness free from reproach. And 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 I wanna Brandon, a few minutes ago, Brandon actually mentioned Romans chapter fourteen. And I think that's so important that I wanna I wanna I wanna read a few passages there. I know we're getting long on the time, but I wanna read a few passages there. And then I'm going to quit. Is that okay? Sounds good. All right. And then, Brandon, you can cut out whatever you need to cut out to make it a link. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Romans chapter 14, I'm going to go to verse 13, and I'm going to read 10 verses. And <clears throat> it says, Therefore, let us not judge one another any, uh, anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Matt, that's what you just that's what you were just talking about. Right. If because of food your brother's hurt, or because of moving in together, your brother is hurt, whatever, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Wow. Or you could say, do not destroy with your moving in together uh, him for whom Christ died. Verse 16 says, therefore, do not let what is, is, is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy 
in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean, but they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or to do anything by which your brother stumbles. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned even if, uh, condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is not from faith is sin. So we're supposed to be careful of the things that we do, of the things that we say, for fear of causing someone else to enter into sin. It's that simple. So we can make all the justifications that we want for the things that we do. But in the end, it's not just about us. It's not just about us. It is about us and it is about our sanctification, but it's not just about us and just about our sanctification. It's about the salvation and the sanctification of others. And it's also about first and foremost, the glory and the reputation of our King Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what I got. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it boils down to really um, is, saving money, which if it's true that you are just moving in just to move in to save money and you don't have any kind of relationship with this person, or even if you do, that you would abstain from that. If it's the mm -hmm. case, the point is to save money. Is saving money worth you possibly losing your soul forever and causing your right. brother to lose his soul as well? Right. That's right. Exactly. That's that's what that's what Romans, that's what the writer of Romans was just talking about. It's what Paul was just talking about. Absolutely. So Matt, does that answer it's, your question? <laughs> that answers the question. <laughs> question, questions. Questions. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. You take that That's, and apply that it to good. what you do. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Paul's yeah. awesome, man. He is awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. He is awesome, but he would say, I'm not awesome. The The Holy Spirit that inspired this is awesome. So we can take That's that right. and we can save ourselves and other people a lot of trouble just by applying these things. So you could have read that one verse and we could have skipped all this. <laughs> <laughs> just read one verse. Romans 14, yeah. 15. <laughs> that's good oh, cool oh, good right. deal like and that's uh that's great because i know that we talked about you know every time we do a podcast we're like oh it's gonna be about 15 minutes we can answer that pretty quick <laughs> no but i think this is great because what it does is it not only, not only edifies us with the church and that you know this community and this um being able to understand deeply why we believe what we do and uh, and I think that uh, just this just from its evidence of, yes, if we just answer the question, it may only take 15 minutes. But because it has lasted this long, you know how much benefit that just even us three in this moment recording this has gotten from had this discussion. Yeah, right. Definitely. It's, it's been a blessing to me. And, and, you know, not to get all weird and stuff and mushy, but. I have thoroughly enjoyed doing this with you guys these past few times. I'm so looking forward to oh, gosh, continuing Oh, gosh, definitely this. cutting this out. <laughs> <laughs> it has been good. And, um, and we have more questions, and they, they're rolling in. Man. Wow. They're rolling in. Wow. That's good. That is awesome. It's rolling in. Good. Well, you guys good? Y'all got anything else? 
I'm done, brother. Good. All right, well, cool. Well, if y'all, anybody listening here have any more questions that you um, regarding this issue or this question that we spoke about, about moving in together, uh, then uh, please uh, get in contact with us. We have our contact information on the podcast info and uh, shoot us a message, email us, and we'll be able to answer some more questions and uh, be able to, to help you out there in that regard. And uh, if you have any more questions that you'd like to ask uh, for the Ask Your Pastor podcast, uh, here's how to do that. That concludes today's episode of Ask Your Pastor. If you enjoyed this episode or would like to ask your own question, please let us know. Visit us on the web at tbcmoultrie.com and click on the media link. Or you can send us an email at askyourpastor at tbcmoultrie.com. Again, thanks for listening.